Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the House of Bars podcast. I am your host, Rome Katie, and today we got some big NBA action going down because the 2022-2023 NBA season is just around the corner. So you know what I got to do? I'm the preview guy. We got to preview the NBA season. So we're going to go from standings to awards to playoffs. I'm going to break the standings up from the lottery teams, the playing teams, and the top six contenders. And yeah, we're just going to get right into this. I don't know why we're wasting any more time. So in 15th place, I have the Indiana Pacers. In 14th place, I have the New York Knicks. In the 13th place, I have the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. In 12th place, I have the Washington Wizards. In 11th place, I have the Detroit Pistons. So I'm just going to break all those down, uh, all those teams one by one after I give you the group in which they're in. So first off, Indiana Pacers. On paper, this team is looking really nice. I mean, you got Tyrese Halliburton that can make a big jump. Buddy Heald and Miles Turner are them, of course. They did draft Benedict Mathern, who could be a huge guard for them going forward in the future. And they do have some great guys, like, for future in, in the rebuild and all that kind of stuff. They got Daniel Tice, who just made a finals appearance, who could maybe back up Miles Turner if they get traded. Uh, Aaron Neesmith as well in the trade with the, the Celtics for, I think it was Malcolm Brogdon they traded for. So... Yeah, the Pacers have a decent team. It's just I feel like the only question for them right now is whether Buddy Heald and Miles Turner will get traded, and I think they will get traded, which is why they'll probably have a hot start and then kind of decline from there once those two guys get traded. And so in 14th, I know that's going to shock you, but I got the Knicks. You want to know why? This roster just doesn't move me. I mean, you got a guy who you paid $27 million a year in Jalen Brunson to maybe try and figure things out for you like I get it he had an insane playoffs with the Mavericks but like we really I feel like this roster has more questions than answers particularly with Brunson because again he had like a 41 point game eight assist game against the Jazz in the first round but it's it's the question for me is how can you lead that into the season with that same consistency I just don't know if he could do that same with Julius Randle now again, two years ago, he was the most improved player. The Knicks did like exceedingly well when they could have gotten the number one pick in the draft. They overachieved by everyone's imagination and got into the playoffs and got into the, like I think it was a top six seed. So they did an unbelievable job in 2020, which is why probably why Coach Thibodeau got Coach of the Year. But right now, this Knicks team does not look anything close to what that was for me. Like. Emmanuel quickly is good. Derrick Rose is good. Cam Reddish could probably make a leap. Obi Toppin could probably make a leap. They have some deep guys like Quentin Grimes and Deuce McBride that could probably do something for you. Isaiah Hartenstein was probably one of the best backup centers in basketball last season. But I just I just don't know if this team has what it takes to put it together. They, they have good guys, and realistically, they probably should be a playing team. But then again, it's the Knicks. They can always go on insanely like bad losing streaks that can plague them for the rest of the year. 13th place, I have the Washington Wizards. Or actually 13th place, never mind, I have the Charlotte Hornets. I've got to switch that. So it was the Charlotte Hornets I had in 13th place. To me, they're kind of in the same situation as the Knicks right now. They realistically should be a playing team, but this roster just doesn't move me. I get it, you have Lamelo Ball. He's probably one of the top 10, top 15 guys in the league right now. And Terry Rozier is a really good uh, a really good shooting guard as well. P.J. Washington is good. And then after that, it's kind of like their bench is okay, but they, they got they got their backup big in Mark Williams, which I like, and I think he'll have a decent year. But it's just I, I really don't know with this team. I don't know what I'm going to get out of them, and so for that reason I'll probably have them in 13th place. 12th place, I have the Washington Wizards. Now this team is, is giving me a little more confidence because – you get Bradley Beal, who's leading this team now after being the second option for years. And then and then you get a guy like Chris Epps-Porzingis, who, yes, he's had some struggles with the Mavericks, and he was what kind of held them back towards being towards success. But I feel like if Bradley Beal and KP can have a cohesive like chemistry together, as well as their role guys like Monte Morris, Will Barton, Kyle Kuzma, Rui Hachimura, Denny Avdia, Johnny Davis, DeLon Wright, Daniel Gafford, Corey Kispert, like this team is depth up and down the roster. And to me, like like I'm gonna probably say throughout this entire thing, depth matters in the in 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 the in the deep processes of the, like the playoffs and stuff. I don't I the, the Wizards aren't gonna be in the playoffs, but like depth matters to have a good team to me. And the Wizards the Wizards have really good depth. And it's just 
the question is how far it will take them. I think it's going to be a couple more years until they actually try and compete for a playing spot, but they're right there. They're 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 closer than you guys think. 11th place at the Detroit Pistons. I mean, what else could you say? Cade Cunningham in his second year. He's going to take a big leap. Jaden Ivey could be one of those sneaky options for Rookie of the Year if you want to put him in that conversation with Paolo Bancaro and Keegan Murray if you want to. And then Sadiq Bey can spread the floor. A really big guy because can spread the floor and shoot it. Bojan Bogdanovic is that same thing, the guy who got traded from the Jazz for Kelly Olenek and a, and a couple other guys. And then Isaiah Stewart, the, the big guy holding it down in the paint. And then they have a couple uh, – I mean, Killian Hayes is kind of iffy, but, like, Alec Burks is decent. Marvin Bagley's was decent with, when he got out of Sacramento. So I feel like I feel like these guys can really put it together, and especially with the guard duo of Kay Cunningham and Janet Ivey. It could be scary for years and years and years to come. All right, now here is my playing group. 10 seed, I have the Orlando Magic. 9 seed, I have the Toronto Raptors. 8 seed, I have the Atlanta Hawks. 7 seed, I have the Chicago Bulls. Now let's start with the Orlando Magic because I know you guys have been waiting for me to say it in the lottery team group, but I think this team has more more ambitions. I feel like Markel Fultz, people have been saying he's going to have a good year. He's out right now, so we don't really know when he's going to come back. He's kind of a iffy story with that whole thing. And then Cole Anthony could take his place and do really well. Again, Jalen Suggs didn't really do well his first first season in the bit in the NBA. I see that for him being a reality check. And this 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 next year, him going back to Gonzaga days and just him absolutely killing it. And then Franz Wagner, he did his thing, his rookie year. He was on an all rookie team. He he did a fantastic job for the Magic. And then of course your number one pick in the draft, Paulo Bancaro. His fluidity is insane. In his, in his play, I feel like it's going to really benefit this team in the long run. And then also Wendell Carter Jr. Now, he's not like one of the top bigs in the NBA, but he can certainly hold it down for you in the paint if you need a guy like him to do that. And like I said, Cole Anthony is going to be him. Gary Harris is going to do his thing. Terrence Ross, Jonathan Isaac, Chuma Okiki, Mo, Mo Bamba, Maurice Wagner, RJ Hampton. Like this, this team has got, this team's got decent depth, in my opinion. And I feel like this team can make a Cavs 2021-like jump in going into this season, which is why I have them in the playoff spot. But in the ninth seed, I have the Toronto Raptors. Now, like I said in the playoff preview episode that I did it was a, month, a, couple, a few months ago, actually, I I just really don't see where this team is going to go for me. Like, I get it. You have Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam. That's probably one of the best fives in the entire league, just right there. But what scares me is the depth. Because, yeah, you have Chris Boucher. Yeah, you have Precious Achua. Yeah, you yeah you signed Otto Porter Jr. But, like, Malachi Flynn, Delano Bainton, Justin Champagne, uh, Kem Birch. I, I, I don't – that he's young is decent and watching her and Gomez is decent. But I, I just don't – I just don't see the depth that's there for them right now. Like, their, start, their starting five might have to play – all of them might have to play like 35, 40 minutes a game for this team to really go anywhere. And they're obviously going to get tired towards the end of the year, and that's where they're going to start to regress. So that's why I have them at a playing spot. In the A seed, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the trade that they did with the Spurs was very risky because you're trading a guy who should have gotten a most improved player of the year, if not for Ja, had his great year, and DeJounte Murray. And they traded away three first-round picks for him, which is a very hefty price for a guy like him. And that shows that they really see his potential and how they how he can pair up with one of the best point guards in the NBA and Trey Young. But the Hawks also have great depth, too. DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Clint Capella, they can hold it down in the front court. And then Bogdan Bogdanovich, he can spread the floor as well for them. Aaron Holiday, decent point guard. Onyeka Okongwu, really nice big for them off the bench. A.J. Griffin, a nice draft pick for them that, that, that they got in the first round that he fell towards. Like, this this team this team has top six aspirations, but for right now, they're probably still a playing team because we don't know how they really do on the court and how they'll gel, and maybe injuries might happen in the future. But the Hawks are looking really scary. I feel like if Trey and DeJounte can really put the pieces together, watch out because the Hawks might be sneaky. Send the seed. I have the Chicago Bulls. Now, they're kind of disappointing to me. Because, yeah, you have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan doing their thing. And, like, Patrick Williams and maybe Vucevic is not the greatest. And then you have Alex Caruso and all that. But, yeah, they have this Lonzo issue that kind of worries me. We'll talk about it later. 
which is he's he's the, the controversy around Lonzo's knee injury is something to watch out for for this team because we don't know when he's going to come back. And plus, Lonzo's a difference maker. When he's able to play make the way he is and able to find guys, and he's a great passer. He's probably one of the best passers in the league, in my opinion. So if he's if he's able to come back and be like he was and be able to set up Levine and DeRozan on some insane lobs, like Chicago could turn into the next lob city, I think, because it's just going to be some high flyers and they're like jumping off trampolines and stuff. But I I, I I I don't know with this team. I just it's 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 a very shaky shaky like outlook for them right now. They could go as far down as ten seed. They could go as high as like maybe the fifth seed. It's just there's a big range for them right now for me, and just why I have them at the seven seed. All right, so this is the top six group. At six, I have the Miami Heat. Fifth seed, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number four seed, I have the Brooklyn Nets. Number three, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Number two, I have the Boston Celtics. And number one, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. So let's go to the Miami Heat first. So this 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 team was really good last season, but then again, like they, they kind of fumbled the bag in the playoffs. Jimmy missed a wide-open three that I don't know if he could have shot or whatever. But this, 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 this Miami Heat team is – People are saying it's fraudulent, blah blah blah. I mean, it's I mean it's good. I mean, you have Jimmy Butler who's one of the best players in the league. Bam Adebayo, one of the best bigs in the league and best defenders in the league. Kyle Lowry can make a comeback. Max Schroes can do his thing like he did in the playoffs. Tyler Hero could win six uh, six six man of the year again. And Duncan Robinson can go back to what he was in twenty twenty. But it's just I don't I don't know where this team goes for me. Like to me, they're the East version of what the Jazz was with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. It's just you've had so much success before, but it hasn't translated to a championship. And I feel like that's the only thing that this Heat team doesn't have right now. They have great coaching, great guys, but it's just how cohesive really is this team? And I get you locked up Tyler Hero for a bunch of money, but, like, can he, like, go back to what he was? Like, it's just kind of the same trend for me. Like, the Heat have a lot of questions, but I feel like they'll be – okay in the long run it's just it won't it won't replicate the success that they had last year now the cleveland cavaliers is a different story because i have them fifth and last year i added a one to their number i I had them last in the east last year and they've they proved me wrong i give them a ton of credit for doing that because again coming into last year sexton garland were they really going to be like a good guard duo and was it all really going to work out but Sexton got injured and that really opened up the floor for Darius Garland to get the keys to that offense and the fact that he was able to use Evan Mobley and Evan Mobley excuse me and Jaron Allen to his advantage especially on the pick and rolls was amazing and now you add in a guy like Donovan Mitchell who's one of the best players in the league and you have a really really good team that could propel themselves to success in the future because just look at this five. Garland, Mitchell, Isaac Okor, who's a really good defender, Mobley, and Allen. That's an insane starting five. And then you have Karis Levert, Kevin Love, Raul Neto coming off the bench, Seti Osman coming off the bench, or Chetty Osman, I should say. Dean Wayne coming off the bench as well. Like, this this team has got something in them that they can go with. But, again, lack of experience won't take them too far right now. But maybe next year they go and somehow go into the top three. But for right now, I just don't see them going in, uh, into the tier of these next four teams because they're all locked down. Number four seed, Brooklyn Nets. It's just so much controversy with them right now. Kevin Durant almost got traded. Kyrie was in a sticky situation even though he just got signed. Ben Simmons is back. We'll see what he can do. Their bench is decent. Patty Mills is good. Seth Curry is good. Royce O'Neal is okay. TJ Warren is out, though, but they signed him. So we, we don't really know what he's going to be able to provide for them right now De'Ron Sharp decent big Nick Claxton good big for them as well but it's just again the controversy it might it might be kind of too much for them right now it's just the the I mean this this team is good it's just can they somehow put the pieces together and get past Steve Nash's Steve Nash's coaching because Steve Nash isn't a good coach we're just going to put that out there immediately because he I, I remember in the playoffs, I was like, what are you doing with all these decisions? Like, he's he's not that good of a coach. So it just all comes down to Kyrie and, K- and KD really, and Ben Simmons too, really ga- gathering this team and being like, hey, like, 
we're a really good team. We can run through this East if we want to. And they were like a top two seed in the East before Harden got traded, and they just went all the way down to the playing spot. So they can replicate that success again if they wanted to. But for right now, it's just I, – I, I think I'll have them at the four seed for right now. But they, they could go as high as two. They can go as low as seven like they did last year. So there's a big range for them. Three seed, Philadelphia 76ers. Now, a lot of, a lot of people say that the 76ers are going to win the East. I think that's very far-fetched because if you look at the history that they've had, especially not just in the regular season but in the postseason, it's not really that great. And you can make the argument that the 76ers are the East version of the Jazz. But I I, I do like this team that they have going on right now. Joel Embiid, like it's been said, back-to-back runner-up for MVP, James Harden. He's been shaky, but now that he's now it seems that he's locked in, and now he's humbled, and now he's like, okay, I need to like really prove myself again. People are saying he's gonna have a bounce back here and really be a nice compliment to Joel Embiid, but those two guys really need the ball in their hands, and it's just kind of like the Lakers with LeBron, AD, and Russ, where it's like who who wants the ball, and it's like it's gonna be it's gonna turn into a tug of war between Embiid and Harden about who shares the ball more. But they also have really good depth pieces. Tyrese Maxey is a great point guard that's going to start for them. P.J. Tucker, a great guy that they signed that's going to bring insane defense that, that that they need desperately. Tobias Harris is a decent forward, maybe like a top 15, 20 small forward in the league. And then Matisse Thibault is going to give you really good defense, not so much on the offensive side, famously. Uh, Montrezl Harrell is a decent center. He's had some controversy off the court, but we'll see if he can like put it together on the court this year. Daniel House Jr., he did his thing in the bubble, but that whole controversy with him and a girl in the room, not really the best idea in the world for that. But it's just the question for him is can he move on from that and focus on trying to win a championship for the Philadelphia 76ers? This team is good for me right now, but I just don't see them taking that big leap. Number two seed, Boston Celtics. I really like this team that they have, even with the whole Ime Udoka stuff that's kind of circling around them like a black cloud right now. But they still have Jason Tatum, they still have Jalen Brown, they still have Marcus Smart, and they just came off a finals appearance. So this team can really put it together, especially in the second half, because the first half they were nowhere near what they were. So this, is, this, this team could really put it together, I think. I think if you have another Grant Williams-like playoff season more consistently, he can, he can, he, he can do really well. Malcolm Brogdon was a great guy, like I said, with the paces that they traded for. He could bring a good bench depth to the to this team, especially when they signed Blake Griffin, too. I don't know how much of a role he's going to play, but maybe he'll try and come off the bench and just be kind of like that big guy just in the paint doing his thing. Peyton Pritchard could make a big leap. Derek White, again, he had a great playoff run. We'll see if he can replicate that in this season. So I'm excited for the Celtics team. They could definitely make some noise like they did last season. But the one seed, it has to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, that three alone should scare anybody, not just in the East, but in this league. Giannis is the best player in basketball right now. Drew Holiday is probably one of the best guard defenders in basketball, ahead or behind of Marcus Smart. You could probably make the argument that way. And then Chris Middleton is a very, very good Robin for this team. Like, he compliments Giannis so well. He can spread the floor, shoot the mid-range, shoot threes. But Giannis can just control the paint. And Giannis, Giannis can kind of spread the floor too if he wants. Like he's hit threes in the past. So if he can get it, if he can put it together more consistently, he's going to be really good as well. Pat Connaughton, again, spread the floor. Bobby Portis, again, he can spread the floor as well. George Hill can play make a little bit. Javon Carter and Wesley Matthews, good 3 and D guys. The Nass is on Tenacupo, good power forward in there. A little undersized power forward, but still really good. Like, this this team has really all the makings to go back, maybe win a championship. We'll probably see in the future. I might have just previewed something later on. But I do have big aspirations for this team, for sure. All right, now let's switch things over to the Western Conference and talk about my predictions for the playing or the lottery group. Excuse me. 15th place, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. 14th place, the Utah Jazz. 13th place, Houston Rockets. 12th place, San Antonio Spurs, and 11th place, Portland Trailblazers. Okay, OKC first. I I really had high hopes for this team when they drafted Chet Holmgren. The, pretty much the only reason why I have them in the last place is because he's out for the year. If he was available for this season, like, 
no lie, this team has a chance to be for a playing spot. Like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has always been him. He's super underrated, but he's probably getting his flowers now, which I appreciate because he's a great player. Josh Giddy is a fantastic playmaker that they drafted in the draft a couple years ago. Lugan Store, ASU guy, did his thing. Great defender for this team. Darius Baisley can spread the floor a little bit. Trey Mann's a decent point guard. Jalen Williams, who they drafted, is really good. Usman Diang is okay. Pokoshevsky's okay. Muscala's okay. Like this, I, I feel like this team is really like this team is really good with Chet Holmgren on the floor, but without him, to me, it just seems it falls kind of flat. But I, I I do expect a big year out of SGA and Josh Giddy to try and lead this team to go somewhere. But for right now, the rest of this team is just isn't that good outside of SGA, Josh Giddy, and Lugan Story. All right, now the 14th seed, Utah Jazz. This team is very interesting because of they got a whole bunch of players and picks back from the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert trades, and even the Boyan Bogdanovich trade as well. It's just I feel like they're a team that's going to be thrown together. They won't really have the same chemistry as they've had the past few seasons that actually led them to decent playoff spots. But – it's just for right now, like this team, this team is obviously in a rebuild. Danny Ainge is just trying to tear everything down and just try and rebuild and make make the Jazz a championship team. Hopefully, they will be at some point. But for right now, it's just not really looking like it. I mean, when you have Mike Conley, Con Sexton, Malik Beasley, Laurie Market, and Kelly Olynyk, that's a that's an okay starting lineup. But it's not really going to move you. And plus, they like I said, they they threw everyone together because of those trades with. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and the chemistry might not be there. And for right now, that's why I have them in 14th. 13th place, however, Houston Rockets. This These guys had a, a, an amazing draft, if you think about it. Like, Jalen Green had a fantastic rookie year. He did his thing. And then when you add in the fact that Jabari Smith Jr., the top two pick in the draft, he's a fantastic 3 and D guy who can really spread the floor for this team. Ty Ty Washington's a decent point guard. And then Tari Eason. I had him going in the top 10 in my draft. I think it was mock draft. Yeah. This I think this guy fell all the way down to like 20. Like this this guy is a steal for the for the Houston Rockets. Like this guy can really put it together. He can be like maybe even the next Giannis. We won't we won't really know that yet. But this guy has like the all the makings of a next Giannis. But like with the way he drives, shoots the basketball, blocks too. This guy blocks at an insane level. So this this guy knows how to get it done. Josh Christopher can have a decent year. Derek Favors can like for sure hold it down in the paint. So this this team could really be able to make noise in the in the future. Right now it's not really there yet. They need to get more experience under their belts. Again, I, I I totally forgot about him. Eric Gordon's still there. He can shoot the life out of the basketball. So this this team's decent. It's just they got to figure things out if they want to go somewhere in the future. All right, San Antonio Spurs. I feel like the only thing that's going for them right now is Greg Popovich and Keldon Johnson. Those are the only two guys for them right now. Other than that, this team doesn't have that great of a lineup. This team doesn't have that great of depth pieces either. So for that reason and pretty much that reason alone, I'll probably put them in the 12th spot. In the 11th spot, just outside of the play-in, is the Portland Trailblazers. Now, they do have some really good guys. Damian Lillard, of course, has always been him. He And when he's locked in, he's one of the best players in the league. Anthony Simons, who's really come onto the scene, is probably one of the best young guys in the league. Josh Hart did his thing last year, and Jeremy Grant as well. But it's, I, again, I have so many questions. Like, I get it. Shaden Sharp also has been doing his thing. But I don't know. It's just... We we had a really bad year with Damian Lillard. I'm not saying I'm a Blazers fan, but I'm just saying we, in terms of NBA fans, like NBA fans, got a really bad year to Damian Lillard. I I don't know how he's going to come back from that. People are saying he will, and maybe I think he will too. But I just I, there's so many. I I've, I have more questions than answers with this team. Can Damian Lillard go back to what he was? Anthony Simons continue the consistency. Jeremy Grant. Again, when people get traded, they might not start out the best, and then they figure it out towards the later half of the season. So for right now, I, I don't see this team getting a playing spot. But you know who will make a playing spot? The Sacramento Kings. Yeah, that's right. I got the, I'm that guy. I'm going the Sacramento Kings. I mean, this when you look at this team, this team is sneaky good. 
De'Aaron Fox, again, he's been kind of like a meme to point guard out there. Some people say he's good. Some people say he's bad. I think he's I think he's good. I feel like he just needs to kind of clean up some areas. But he can focus on his strengths and really take this team to another level. Kevin Herter, he's, he's a very interesting guy too. He, he I mean he, I mean he can shoot he, he can shoot the ball really well and maybe spread the floor for them. Harrison Barnes, kind of that same veteran presence that can just gel this team together. Keegan Murray is a fantastic rookie that they drafted. And he could definitely make some noise in the rookie of the year conversation. Demonis Sabonis, people might not as high as him as me, but when he's locked in, he's one of the he's one of the top fifteen best centers in basketball. Davion Mitchell, again, I know it sounds kind of premature, but he's in that Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday type of energy in terms of best guard defenders in basketball for me right now, because this guy has all the intangibles to be great in that area. Malik Monk did his absolute thing with the Lakers, even though they didn't go far. I feel like he'll translate that success in Sacramento. Rashawn Holmes, he, he's, he's, he's a decent big as well. Della Vidova they signed. Kent Bazemore they signed. Like, this 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 team can really put the pieces together and really, like, have competitive basketball in Sacramento finally because they've been I, – I, I'm with you, Kings fans. Like, Kings fans have been waiting so long for a really good basketball team, and I feel like now is their time to really get the job done. So I got the Kings going to play on spot. Nine seed, I have the LA Lakers. Ah, man, this team is just has so much baggage with them. Can Russell Westbrook put it together on defense and like actually be that Russell Westbrook that we all know and love from OKC and Washington? Can Braun go back to what he's always been and like stay healthy? Can AD be healthy? Can Kendrick Nunn go back to the heat success he had? Can the bench guard duo of Patrick Beverly and Dennis Schroeder focus on just trying to get the team better and going off that way. Like, can they be good guys on the bench? And Austin Reeves, he could be great, but we just don't know that yet. Juan Toscano Anderson, very underrated. I think he'll be he'll I think he'll be really good. Thomas Bryant coming off the bench, great big for them. But I just I just don't know with this team. This team doesn't really wow me. I feel like LeBron and AD will have to carry them through the year and Russ too if they want to go into that top six. And even that is super far-fetched for me right now. So that's why I have them in a playing spot. In the eighth seed, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Now, just like the Yankees and how they're very Aaron Judge-centric, the Dallas Mavericks are very Luka Doncic-centric. But Luka Doncic is him. Luka Doncic is definitely him. He's going to compete for an MVP this year, I think. But it's just outside of that, yeah, we got absolutely uh, – yeah, we meeting the Sun. The Suns got absolutely smoked in the playoffs by the Mavericks because they just somehow knew how to shoot the basketball with Tim Hardaway, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, these guys are going crazy that whole playoff series. But – Will it translate into an 82-game season? I don't think so. For me, I need to see it to believe it with this team. And, yeah, they have Christian Wood. They signed, they signed him. He's going to be a great piece for them. But for me right now, I just have, again, so many questions rather than answers for this team right now. Will, will they be great? Will they not be great? Like, it, 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 I guess you're sensing a theme here with this. Like, if I see questions in your team – then you're not really going to go far in my prediction. So that's why I had them in the eighth seed. But the seventh seed, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. They have some of, like, the most underrated depth pieces in the league. Probably one of the best, actually, depth pieces in the league. CJ McCollum's him. B.I. is him. Zion, if he has a great year, I mean, he, he's been injured, but, like, if he could put the pieces together finally in his first, I don't know, full year since like 2019, 2020, like Zion can really take the league by storm. Herbert Jones is an all-world defender. He's already showing that through his first year in the league. Valanciunas is a decent big, probably about top 10 in my opinion, top 10 big in the league. Jose Alvarado, that famous Grand Theft Auto move, that sneaky move when they're trying to bring it up the court and he comes from behind him and steals it. I feel like he's going to do a lot of that this year. Maybe some teams might catch on. We'll see. Devontae Graham, he's he's at a, he's at a, a renaissance in New Orleans. He He's really put the pieces together for him there. Trey Murphy, again, spaced the floor a little bit. Larry Nance and Jackson Hayes can definitely hold down the paint. 
even Kyrie Lewis Jr., Dyson Daniels, Willie Hernan Gomez, like this this team can be really something special to watch. But I think they'll be outside the top six, but one of the best playing teams in the West. Now let's get into the top six in the West. So I have the Minnesota Timberwolves going six. Memphis Memphis Grizzlies going five. Denver Nuggets going four. Clippers going three. Suns going two. And Warriors going number one again. Six seed, Minnesota Timberwolves. I really like this team, but... Rudy Gobert can only go as far as they're as he's willing for this Timberwolves team to go with him. Again, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, fantastic guy in the paint. He could lock it down for you, but there's so many questions from right now in terms of playoff success. Right now, Anthony Edwards can make a huge leap. Now, I'll say he's definitely proven me wrong, but I'll get to why that is in a minute. And Jaden McDaniels is also one of those rising stars that could take the league by storm as well. And D'Lo maybe could find something good to figure out. But right now, it's just not really looking like it. Jordan McLaughlin, Austin Rivers, Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed. That's an okay bench. It doesn't really excite me. Bryn Forbes can shoot the ball a little bit. Torian Prince can maybe get it done. But the the, the, the depth piece just fall off the table for me. And like I've, said, like, like I've said this entire podcast, depth matters in this league. And if you don't have it, it's going to be an issue. So that's why I think the Timberwolves are in the sixth seed. Fifth seed now. I do have the Memphis Grizzlies. I do think they will have a s- slow start because of the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, but it's looking like as of four days ago that he will that that, that he will be uh, returning on schedule towards the beginning of November and January. So between that range, so probably towards the latter half of the first half of the year going into the All-Star break, like, that's that's really good for him. Like I've just read reports, they've been saying that like he's been doing really well in terms of ha- uh, coming back from that uh, surgery he had. So if he comes back sooner rather than later, like this team can go back to what it was. I know people say, oh, like the Grizzlies have tape out right now. They already they already, people already know how to stop them, but people don't know how to stop John Morant. It's just quite simple. John Morant is probably a top five guy in the league right now especially with the way he played last season like this guy is about to be the Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson the Shohei Otani insert insane guy here type of guy in the NBA like John Murray can just about do anything you want him to he can dunk on your head shoot threes like run back on defense play good defense like, this guy has all the intangibles of being one of the most electrifying electrifying players in the NBA. And if I were a Grizzlies fan, I would be insanely happy to have John Morant on my team. And you also have Desmond Bain, who can shoot the ball, too. He had a really nice year last year. Dylan Brooks can put it together as well. Steven Adams, they re-signed. He can be a decent big for them as well. Zaire Williams, Tyus Jones, Kennedy Chandler, Brandon Clark can really put the like fill fill in Triple J's spot really well this year. Xavier Tillman could be okay. They had a they had an okay draft for Jake LaRavia and David Roddy, but it's just right now I, f- I feel like this team is going to be predicated off their starting lineup. Like I said with the Raptors, they might have to play like 40 minutes a game in order for this team to go anywhere. But right now I think the Grizzlies will have a slow start at first, and then once Triple J comes back, they're going to go right back to where they left off. Four seed, I the Denver Nuggets. Now, Jamal Murray's comeback. Michael Porter Jr. is back. Nicole Jokic is a two-time MVP. Like, and, and a lot of people have them as winning the when winning the West. I just don't see that happening right now. But they that I'm not saying that's not out of the realm of possibility because this team is really good. Like I said, Jamal Murray, he's gonna have a big chip on his shoulder. KCP, they got in the trade with the Wizards, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic, that's a really good starting five. And then Bones Highland and Bruce Brown lead, leading that second unit off the bench. That could be really scary to watch. So the Denver Nuggets might be a little bit of a sneaky team. Don't, don't, you, you shouldn't play any nice games with them because they're going to come at you and they're going to come at you ready to go. Three seed. I have the LA Clippers. Now, again, Kawhi, PG, John Wall, like, those three off the bat could play at elite level basketball. But at the same time, they can have an equal chance of playing really well as much as they can play really bad and have like a injury riddled year. Because all three guys have had health issues. 
But all three guys can play really elite basketball. When you talk about Kawhi, one of the best two guy two way players in the league, same with Paul George, he can really put it together. John Wall, he he can he can drive in the lane, kind of be like an old version of De'Aaron Fox. Marcus Morris Jr. can spread the floor. Ivica Zubats can hold it down in the paint. Robert Covington, Nor- Norman Powell, Nicholas Batum, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard. Like this, this team can like really like shock some people. I don't know if shock some people is the right word because we all know they're going to be really good. But if if all their guys stay healthy and they can really put the pieces together, Clippers are going to be something to watch out for. And the Clippers haven't had a competitive team like this since the since that 2020 Eastern Conference Finals against the Suns or 2021 Eastern Conference Finals against the Suns. But that was before Kawhi got injured. So or after Kawhi got injured, apologies. But yeah, I really I really think this LA Clippers team can really be something special. Two seed, I had the Phoenix Suns. Now. You might call me biased because a lot of people have them as a playing spot, which is just so crazy for me to even think about because the the Suns are such a great regular season team, especially if you look at the past two years and how well they've done. I just don't see the way, why they can't replicate that success once again, especially when you have the best backcourt in the NBA, in my opinion, with Chris Ball and Devin Booker. And in the GM's eyes, too, GMs across the league agree with me as well. And Mikhail Bridges should have won Defensive Player of the Year, in my opinion. I, I do feel like he's one of, if not the best defenders in the NBA. Cameron Johnson, again, he's really good at spreading the floor for this team. He, he I feel like he, I feel like he's a lot better than Jay Crowder was, because unfortunately, people are kind of saying that that's kind of a bad thing that Jay Crowder is kind of trade, uh, getting traded and all that kind of stuff. But because I feel like, I feel like Joan, um, I, I feel like I feel like the GM uh, Jones um, and Monty Williams. Can really can really like prioritize Cam Johnson and put him in the four spot in that lineup because he can really shoot the lights out of that basketball. And of course, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, there's controversy. I get that. Same with the the whole Robert Sarver thing. That's just a mess. But I do feel like the Suns team wants to kind of go past that and not have that loom over them, like some people are predicting that that will. I do think the Suns want to try and move on from that as much as possible and just focus on basketball. And if they focus on basketball and play their brand of basketball, look out because this this team could be really good. And then, but it's just off the bench is the question because I feel like campaign can go back to what he was. Landry Shamit can still shoot the basketball. Dario Sarge, how is he going to look when he's coming back? Torrey Craig, maybe. How is how is he going to look because he did not do great in the playoffs at all for the Suns. But they but the Suns did sign two like depth pieces for them that could be important in the future. Damian Lee from the Warriors, Josh Okogie from the Timberwolves. Those two guys look like they can really be like just defensive guys that they can really rely on in big situations if if like the other team is trying to get a big bucket clut, uh, late and Monty Williams wants to put in Damian Lee and Josh Okogie for defense. I feel like that's gonna be a good spot for them. And of course, Bismack Biombo. He had an insane year last year. He really did well for this team. I see him backing up DeAndre Ayton. Maybe Darrell Sarge can slide to the four in the second unit. And then Jock Jock Landale. He's been looking really good in preseason so far. Ish Wainwright. Maybe he'll get some playing time in the future. But yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like people are really doubting the Suns right now, and they could be a really good regular season team and go replicate that success. It's just for me and pretty much everyone else that watches the NBA. It's just, will they be able to succeed in the playoffs? But the number one seed, of course, how can you doubt the Golden State Warriors? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole, Kaminga Wiseman, Andre Iguodala, Moses Moody. Like, it's unbelievable how good this team is right now. Like, the way the way they can put the pieces together is just get another championship. They're defending champs for a reason. Steph Curry is a top 10 player in NBA history. Clay Thompson can get back to what he was. Like, if you just look up and down this team, like, there's no weaknesses. Of course, you have the whole Draymond Green punching pool situation. But, like, I've heard people say, and like, I agree with, like, the Warriors are the best system to handle these type of stuff. And I feel like Draymond Green stepping away from the team and really focusing on himself is a good thing because he realizes that he's trying to he's if because if he like appears in practice he's kind of just a distraction and a black cloud hanging over this team so if he if, if i'm glad that he's stepping away and trying to like heal like heal and figure things out from there 
and we'll we'll see what happens with him and that whole situation. But for right now, I feel like the Warriors just want to focus on basketball, and they can they can really like move some people and like probably win fifty five to sixty games in my opinion. All right, but before we get into the playoffs, I have to talk about my award winners and all six awards. We're gonna go MVP, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year, and Rookie of the Year. So we're gonna start off with the bang, the MVP. Who who else wouldn't it be? To me, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. That guy is just incredible. The way he plays the game of basketball is unlike anything we've ever seen since Shaq, I think. Like, him and Shaq are so similar in just how they dominate the paint and how they just change games with their play. And I feel like Giannis is bound for another MVP-type season. Coach of the year, I have Steve Kerr. Now, you, you might you might think it's like, oh, like, it's the – it's the Warriors. They always do well, blah, blah, blah. Like, Steve Kerr hasn't won a coach of the year since 2015 when they won 73 games. I thought he could have probably won two or three more, but he only got one. So I think he deserves another one with this Warriors team. Coming off a def- uh, a, a defense, uh, coming off them winning the title last year, I feel like this team can really be cohesive, especially after the whole Draymond Green incident. So I feel like Steve Kerr can really put the pieces together and – Tell him to go and just let them do what they need to do. And that's why he's going to win Coach of the Year. Sixth man in the year. This might shock a lot of you. I have Bones Highland of the Denver Nuggets. Now, I watched some tape on this guy. He is so good. Like, this guy is on the makings of a great player. He he, 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 he could snake around pick and rolls, try and get in the lane, and maybe get get a bucket to the, to the cup or attack the basket or dish it off in the corner to one of his guys. But his main thing is shooting the three ball. And if he can shoot the three ball at a high clip this year, like this this guy can be really good for this team. And him and Bruce Brown could be a really good the guard duo that leads the second unit for the Nuggets. For most improved player, I have I, I was between a couple guys. I was between Cade and Anthony Edwards, and I chose Anthony Edwards just because, yeah, Cade's gonna be in a really good system, but I feel like Anthony Edwards is gonna be an even better one. I feel like he's going to take an even bigger leap. He, he averaged something like 21 points a game last season. I feel like he might bump that up to 24, 25 and have an insane year, perhaps even make an all-star appearance in his third year, possibly. We might not know that for sure yet, but I feel like he has that potential to be a really, really good player for this team. Defensive player of the year, Mikhail Bridges. I know it sounds like a homer pick, but like, come on now. Mikhail Bridges should have won defensive player of the year, people. Mar- Marcus Smart only got it because they because he led them to that 51 and something record. That he's had a great year, but Mikael Bridges had seven steals in a game against the Brooklyn Nets. Seven of them. I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone else that's doing that, especially against a Nets team. Yeah, they were they were kind of fraudulent last year, especially with the whole Kyrie vaccine. Like we we've been around this before, but Mikael Bridges had seven steals against Kyrie and KD. Kyrie and KD, people. I don't know if Kyrie played in that game, but I, f- I know for sure KD did. And Mikhail Bridges had seven steals on them. I I don't know. I don't know what the criteria. I'm like Isaiah Thomas in the last dance. I don't know like what when it's that process or the. I, I don't know what it, I don't know what what I don't know what went into that process. I'm speaking all my words. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what went into that process. But he met the criteria to be selected. Mikhail Bridges met that criteria, people. I don't know why he didn't do it, but that that's just I'm done with my homer rant. Y'all y'all can figure that out. But rookie of the year, I think I think it's pretty safe to say it's gonna be Paulo Bancaro, especially after Chet went down. Maybe Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivey can put up a fight against them. But for me right now, I just see Paulo Bancaro. His fluidity in, in his game is unbelievable. He's gonna take this league by storm. He's going to really lead this Magic team into a playing spot, which I have them being in. All right, now we're getting to the playoffs, finally. Okay, we're going to start in the conferences. We're going to do one conference and then the other conference, and then we're going to see who's going to win the championships. We're going to start in the play-in in the Eastern Conference first. Seven-seeded Bulls versus the eight-seeded Hawks. And I think the Hawks are going to get the seventh seed, and I just see Trey being that guy in this game. He could turn into ice Trey at any moment in the playoffs. And with, Je- and with DeJounte Murray and other guys on that team that can really put together solid performances, I just see this team really beating out the Bulls in this one. I got the Hawks getting the seventh seed. 
nine seed Raptors versus the ten seed Magic. I got the Raptors moving on to face the Bulls. Even though I really do like the potential of the Magic, I just think the Raptors can really put it together a solid team performance, like with Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. I just there's so many, so many good guys on this team that could really be cohesive. So that's why I have the Raptors winning this one. All right. Raptors versus the Bulls. Battle for the, battle for the A seed. And I got the Raptors getting the A seed. They both have great starting lineups, but not that much depth, especially after that Lonzo thing with the Bulls. I don't, we don't know what we're going to get out of him if he's going to come back by the playing game. But I just think the Raptors are a lot more cohesive. And as much as I like to crap on them, that team could be a sneaky problem for top teams in the East. So let's get into the first round. First seeded Bucks versus the eight seed Raptors. And this is where the Bucks sweep the Raptors. Giannis, again, best player in basketball. Drew Holiday, game changing defender. Chris Middleton, really good to elite second option for this team. Great depth piece as well, like I mentioned with Bobby, uh, Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton. The Bucks will always be a formidable title contenders. Unless they have a crazy injury to one of their best players like they had with Chris Middleton last year. And that kind of derailed their season. But I see them really bouncing back and really taking control control of the East. All right. Number two, Celtics versus number seven, Hawks. If this actually happens, this is going to be a very, very fun series to watch. It's Traver and DeJounte versus Tatum and Brown. I think the series will go six games, but I think the Celtics will take it. Again, in playoff trades, that dude with all the other death pieces around him. But that trio, Tatum, Brown, and Marcus Smart, can really change games for this team, and they can provide good to great performances in this series. All right, number three, 76ers versus the uh, number three seed 76ers versus the six seed Miami Heat. And and again, like I said when we talked about the Sixers, Harden and Harden and Embiid at their peaks are complete game changers. And then Tyrese Maxey, PJ Tucker, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thybul, and Daniel House. Bring a lot of insane depth for this team. And even though the Heat have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Hero, Lowry, etc., they really can't compete with that. And then the Sixers will move on to the next round. Four-seeded Nets versus the five-seeded Cavs. This series could go seven games, in my opinion. They have established great nits. Uh, the, the, Nets, the, Nets, the Nets have been established great nits, although fraudulent, versus a whole bunch of rising stars in the Cavs. And both starting fives are all world for me, but the Nets have more experience and depth. If this series does go seven, that rules the day for me, even though I think the Cavs are going to be scary good in the long run. All right, Eastern Conference semis, Bucks, 76ers. And I think the Bucks will head back to the Eastern Conference Finals. Giannis will annihilate Embiid in the paint and literally everyone on that Sixers team, to be fair. And then Chris and Drew Holiday changes games with their play, as I've known all too well in the summer of 2021 when they faced the Suns in that finals. But I do have the Bucks moving on. Number two seed Celtics versus the four seed Nets. This is the rematch of that famous Celtics sweep of the Nets last playoff and last playoffs. I think the Nets are going to get too tired from that potential game, seven game series with the Cavs. I think the Seas capitalize on that and they will win in five games. Number one Bucks, number two Celtics, rematch of Eastern Conference semis of last year. This time, the Bucks take it and they go to the finals once again. When Giannis is locked in, let's face it, there's not anyone else that can compete with what he does on a basketball court. Tough series, but the Bucks outlast the Celtics from a team perspective. The question is, who will they face in the NBA Finals? Let's go into the West play-in. The seven Pelicans versus the eight-seed Mavericks. I think the Pelicans will hold on to that seventh seed. Yeah, seventh seed. All right, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Zion. That, that big three is crazy with all those other death pieces as well, like I mentioned when we talked about them. Again, Mavs just have Luka and Sharpshooters that were only good for one playoff series, and that probably tells you the difference right there. Nine, Lakers versus the 10 Kings. I got the Lakers by a landslide. Yeah, the Kings will get that last spot, but it's de they definitely won't hold on to it for that long. Lack of experience for the Kings is way more significant when you're facing a team like the Lakers that have boatloads of experience. All right, battle for the eighth seed. Mavericks versus the Lakers. And I got the Mavericks holding on for the eighth seed. In do-or-die situations, believe it or not, I trust Luka more than LeBron and AD. Now, granted, LeBron is an all-time great when he's locked in, but he's had off nights before, and I would not be shocked if one of those nights was that night against the Mavs. All right, first round action. Number one, Warriors. Number eight, Mavs. The Warriors will sweep 
the Mavericks. The, they're the best system in basketball right now, even, like I said, with the whole Draymond controversy. Every guy on, on that team is better than every guy on the Mavs when you look at it position by position. Number two seed, Suns versus the seven seed Pelicans. This is tough because I think the Suns will still win this one, but it won't be by much. The Pels are revamped and looking better than ever, but the Suns play better in clutch situations, particularly with Booker and CP3. Just off of that alone and prior series wins over the Pelicans, especially last year, I got the Suns moving on. Number three, Clippers versus the six seed Timberwolves. This series might go seven games again. I mean, Kawhi, PG, John Wall. Like I said when we talked about the Clippers, they've all had health issues, but they can play elite-level basketball if they get locked in. And the Timberwolves are good, too. Anthony Edwards proved me wrong because I had him fourth overall in my 2020 NBA mock draft. Safe to say I was wrong. I get that. Rudy Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year. Cat, really good big and can space the floor. And the, but the bench does not move me. And the depth is a key difference maker in this series. And I think the Clippers have way more depth than the Timberwolves do. So I think the Clippers will move on to the to the Western Conference semifinals. 4C Nuggets, 5C Grizzlies. Again, this will also go seven games, but I got to give it to the Nuggets. Jokic will have a, will, will always have continued success along with a great season this year, along with a Canadian-sized chip on the shoulder from Jamal Murray, on Jamal Murray's shoulder because, get it, he is from Canada, and I am in Canada right now, so I got to shout out my Canadians out there. But their role players are also okay in retrospect. KCP, great addition. Aaron Gordon is that dude when he's on a hot stretch. Bones Highland and Bruce Brown lead that second unit so well for this team. It's almost like you can't doubt this Nuggets team because they're going to make it tough on any opponent to win games. Eastern, excuse me, Western Conference semifinals. Number one Warriors, 3C Clippers. Again, really fun series, but I got the dubs in six. Number two seed Suns versus 4C Nuggets. Suns have had previous success on the Nuggets in the playoffs, but the Nuggets are going to make this really tough on for the Suns to win. With that being said, the Suns win, but it's on a very close W in Game 7. Number one Warriors, number two Suns. I got the Warriors beating the Suns in six games, which sets up a Golden State Warriors versus Milwaukee Bucks final. Two teams that have won championships over the last two years. So if you like to think about it in soccer, there's like that Super Cup action going on with the winner of 20, uh, 2022 and the winner of 2021 battling it out for the 2023 championship. And who do I think will win? I've been praising this Bucks team all along, and I think they will win their second title in three years. Giannis is going to show the world this season that he too deserves to be in that top a top ten all time conversation with a second title, an MVP, and Finals MVP. Also, this season will probably be where Giannis has one of the best statistical seasons in NBA history. I'm putting that on record right now. But that does it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. I know that was kind of all over the place, but I tried to throw this together because, you know, NBA season, I get hyped, man. Like, the NBA is one of the is, is one of my sports. I love watching it every year. I love watching my sons do their thing, even though, it's, even though it seems biased. But I'm a big Suns fan, so I hope they can replicate their success that they had last year. But anyway, that does it for me. I'm Rome Katie. Have a good day, you guys. Peace.